Welcome to Because You Need to Know, recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Today's guest is Leah Darbyshire. She is the head of events and books at ARC UK. She has been researching knowledge management globally for 13 years since producing KM Asia 2006, a 300-person event held in Singapore. Leah is passionate about connecting people within the KM community and providing practical learning that will make a difference to their organizations. Leah launched a free online version of Inside Knowledge magazine in 2014, which curated KM blogs and tweets from around the world. In 2019, this will be replaced by KM Insight. That's www.kmin.com. S-I-G-H-T dot C-O dot U-K. This is a free global service offering practical articles and insights from ARC's expert CAM speakers and authors. ARC currently runs flagship CAM conferences in the U.K., U.S., and Asia-Pacific and publishes books on the most up-to-date CAM challenges, of the most recent of those being the International Organization for Standardization 30401 Global Knowledge Management Standard that was published in February 2019. So how would you describe knowledge management in the role you have in your organization? Well, so, I mean, as you know, I don't practice um, knowledge management myself in my organization. Um, but what we're doing is kind of um, researching knowledge management, have been researching knowledge management over the last, since 2006, actually, so um, 13 years. And so what I'm seeing kind of with knowledge management around the world, so globally, is um, just uh, this focus is at the moment on the sort of I suppose the kind of benchmarking that the new global standard is going to be bringing, that's kind of one of the main themes that we're Mm. seeing. And that's when we're speaking to people in Asia, in the Middle East, in London, the theme is the same. And the other big thing is innovation. And um, also sort of aligned with that or similar to that is digital transformation, how KM fits with innovation and digitalization, you know, whether one sits under the other or how the two things work together. Because obviously a lot of organizations and companies at the moment are focused on innovation, on being uh, the next Apple mm, or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, Uber, if you like. So. Right. Whatever that competitive edge that pushes them forward. So you exactly. said research. So explain to me what exactly that is. What What is it you're undertaking in this research? Well, because we um, produce events, conferences for knowledge managers and publish books um, for knowledge managers. So what we need to do is find out what the market wants. There's no good us really putting on conferences and books that people you know that aren't useful to people Mm. so what we're doing is asking people what their main challenges are Mm -hmm. what the kind of key struggles they have in implementing km in an organization and and they're common and you know there have been kind of while new things arise there's been sort of perennial issues that go on like how do i demonstrate the value of km Mm -hmm. uh how do i get people to accept change and buy into this km project that i want to deliver you know that those kind of things kind of continue through the years uh, being constant but there's there's new trends that come in but really it's just about kind of understanding what knowledge managers need and want so that we can kind of cater to that but that does kind of give 
a global view and some kind of common themes which are interesting. Well, what What is the industry that this uh, sector represents? What are, who are you talking to in the knowledge management realm? The, the whole um, cross sector, so all industries, the, we do have a focus on the legal sector, actually, both here in uh, the UK and in the US. That kind of there's a heavy, you know, because law firms they're mostly comprised of intellectual capital, mm-hmm. um, and so therefore knowledge management is incredibly important to them because basically their main asset is their people. At the end of the day, um, people kind of choose a firm potentially by the lawyer and the relationship mm. they have with the lawyer. Um, lawyers have large client books where they're very good lawyers and so on, and, and it all runs on that basis. So knowledge management is essential for that kind of um, organization. But we have a lot of government and public sector attendees to our um, knowledge management event in London and in Asia. In Hong Kong recently, we just held KM Asia, and a lot of the audience were from the Hong Kong government. Um, we have charities that attend the event as well, doing knowledge management. I think we've got... Salvation Army speaking at the KM Summit coming up and then also we just talk to um, general like corporate organizations uh, be it here in the UK or overseas and they I mean find a kind of companies like in the pharmaceutical sector oil and gas those kind of sectors there's lots of research research and development you know if you kind of got like oil rigs and you're collecting data and there's more of a requirement for sort of knowledge Mm -hmm tension and so on so and typically large organizations because you know in a small organization it's quite easy to share knowledge and speak to everyone every day but in large organizations there's the silos and people could be doing the same project you know you don't know sure. so. brings us to a good question so how does the enterprise from your experience with dealing with all these different business sectors in multiple uh national or geographic uh, locations is there a common theme where organizations have the same pain points or or successes? Do you see any commonality across sectors? There is some commonality and there's also some differences. I mean, just, but I think the common pain points are, I've mentioned it before, is this kind of change management. Like if you talk to anyone in the legal sectors, they'll say one of the things we're really struggling with is getting lawyers to sort of adapt and change to new technology. But that will equally be true in sort of oil and gas where they're been talking to people in oil and gas in the Middle East where they've got expatriate workers leaving and coming back to the UK or US or whatever and then they have to transfer their knowledge back mm. to the local population. So that's change as well. <laughs> so, mm. um, or, and so there's kind of change management I think is very common across all sectors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say innovation is pretty common. I don't think there's any kind of organization or any kind of sector that's not looking to innovate. People have said that the legal sector has kind of been slow to innovate in the past, quite mm. traditionalist, mm-hmm. quite conservative. Mm-hmm. But I think now they've really realized they have to. Because if you're at a law firm and your clients are used to using their mobile phone to order various services or to even like if they're using Uber on their phone in their spare time, they don't want to just find that their lawyer is only able to deal with them by phone or fax. Do you know what I mean? So it's that yes, kind of right. so law firms are doing things in KM like developing apps for their clients, uh-huh. you know, from this idea of everything being lawyers taking ages and getting really frustrated because they take so long it's more like going to be at client having at their fingertips like updates of where their case is and you know how they can uh, you know what's going on kind of thing if if you were to take uh, and i'll assume that you're using the, the framework of km as i know it where it's people processes and technology is your main operational yeah. pieces what is the weakest link as you see it from your viewpoint and what's the what are most industries throwing their money at in time um, well, I think where people go wrong, it has been said, or we hear, is with just kind of chucking the technology in without kind of really thinking about the kind of 
people, process, change, all of that, the, the real why of why you're doing it, you know, it's kind of easy to want to look good. And we've seen this a little bit in the legal sector, I'd say, where people are kind of just wanting to show off that they've kind of done, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of introduced this, like, it tends to be like an innovation hub or spent a lot of money on a big technology but it's kind of like, is that really needed or is that just to show that you're doing something? I mean, this is particularly I'm thinking about artificial intelligence. A lot of people kind of try and sort of do something, right. anything on artificial intelligence. But do they really need to? Is that the right thing to do? Um, or are there, are there smaller things they could do, like implement some smaller scale projects that actually add up to big change but aren't so sort of flashy or expensive, you know? How many, how many organizations would you say that you've seen that are actually have an enterprise level knowledge oh. management schema that are actually a industry or, or not industry, but organizational wide integrated understanding? Oh. Everybody knows what KM is and everybody understands it. Gosh, that's really hard to pinpoint. I really, um, I wouldn't, that's hard to guess. I mean, if I was looking at the the law firms, for instance, if I take legal as an example, mm-hmm. you know, within the top, I'd say 70 firms in the UK, top 70 firms in the UK, most of those will have a KM function, had a KM knowledge manager that they've bought oh. in, invested in. Below that, you start to get, you know, it's just a partner that's got KM as a side job on the mm-hmm. committee, you know, or if at all. Yeah. Some have started doing it and stopped doing it. Actually, I was talking to someone in a law firm in Asia that was saying that had been the case in one particular organization that she knew of, where they'd kind of started KM and just then decided, actually, we don't want to do that anymore. We'll spend the money on uh-huh. on a different, I think it was on business development and marketing instead. Um, that's using law firms as an example. Outside of law firms, I think I'd find it hard to give you an actual number but it's certainly as i said before it's certainly the larger organizations isn't it because if you go down to some smaller organizations and i'm thinking of like anything like a startup you don't really need to do km as such because you're talking to each other every day across the mm-hmm. desk and you're sharing mm-hmm. everything as you you're working out loud aren't you basically mm-hmm. in that scenario so so you see yeah. it more as a uh, size matters as far as your organization having an actual kmo and a knowledge somebody that's leading the knowledge for the organization it's more yeah. for larger uh probably well-funded or uh, established organizations how would you suggest what would be the three things you would suggest to an organization that's not a startup, it's in the mid cycle and wanting yeah. to continue growth, but they're thinking that this is good. How, what would you say to them? Well, I mean, as I said before, I'm not, not an expert myself, but based on my research, what I've heard at conferences over the years, what people say to me is it seems to me like if you were in that position, what you'd want to do, as I've alluded to, is probably just kind of look at some smaller projects that you can put in place. So mm. you might sort of run some pilots, I suppose, like try a bit of km see if that works mm-hmm. you know and then if you can get if you can show you've demonstrated value by doing that then you might get funding for a future pilot and eventually grow it and then you can raise a case for a head of km or whatever but it's probably one of the things that has been said you can't just bring a sort of head of km and expect them to kind of wave a magic wand you right. know it's kind of so maybe that's the way to go if you're in the middle ground mm-hmm. yeah you look for those types of things that could be done but here again success or fail, if the organization at the top, chief level, does not have an awareness or understanding of what knowledge management could or should do for their organization, it's more than likely the pilot may not succeed or be 
redone because there's That's nobody right. nobody yeah. pulling it uh, or understanding it at the leadership level because if it's not part of the strategic view of the organization then it's always going to be a challenge to make it stick and that's very true and i mean you need senior sponsorship and one of the things we were discussing at care major we had like a an exercise that we were doing um which one of the speakers gave to us hmm. on the tables is kind of you know like you, when you look at whether you'd implement km or not you'd kind of look at like the disposition of the senior person like do they believe in km do they think it's a waste of time or not because if they don't believe in it as you say there's not much point so i suppose yeah that does that's it you know what i've suggested kind of assumes you've got a kind of roughly favorable leadership that's willing to have the pilots mm-hmm. and try it mm-hmm. otherwise it's probably we try to get um you know say in a law firm a managing partner or in another organization a managing director chief ceo or whatever to come to our conferences but you know, we've got the same job as the KM people there to try and persuade them of the value of, you know, come out and have a day or two to listen about KM. Some of them just don't know what it, you know, don't understand it, don't rate it, don't know what it is. Yeah. Others do, as you know. So. Well, that organization that had the KM World in Washington, D.C. last fall was one of my guests here recently, Dave Snowden. And he had mentioned that from his viewpoint, the types of p- personnel or types of people coming to KM World has shifted from what it used to be because it used to be leadership. It used to be, yeah. uh, and now it's all technologists for the most part. It's not really the folks at the top of the organization that should be there. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think that's that's definitely a void that should be addressed. But that's an individual choice, right? That's an individual awareness of understanding that's that's as important or not. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I know, I know Dave, and he said that to me too, and that does make sense. I mean, one of the other things we've seen over the years is we used to find a lot of um, uh, you know the big technology companies were keen to sponsor knowledge management mm-hmm. events, and now the sponsorship profile that we have has changed towards just sort of so it's not kind of the IBMs. Of Mm. and the oracles anymore it's kind of smaller technology companies startup which is fine but um it just indicates perhaps a sort of it mirrors perhaps what dave is saying about leadership Mm -hmm. um but it's always a bit of a challenge for us because so traditional um kms as we've just said probably don't want a conference that's full of technology because they want the people process stuff yeah right right. exactly but the technology companies want to meet the technologists so it's yeah. always a massive challenge. Does it have to be an either or? Well, we've looked at that and we're looking at that. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's that would mm. be the, the ideal solution, having both there. But then the trouble, the, you, you then have to look at streaming and stuff, which which you can do. Yeah. Um, but it's because obviously a technologist is going to think the people stuff is a bit fluffy and a KM is going to think the technology stuff is a bit dry. Yeah. Understood. We're coming short on time. So I, I will yeah. ask you the famous question I always ask. Oh, gosh, what's this? <laughs> what is your definition of knowledge management? Oh, goodness. I was asked this at um, the Wilmington Conference, actually, to explain it to our leadership. Um, and I was told to think about what I would say to a 12-year-old, and I've kind of forgotten what I said. But I suppose I do have to answer this question a lot to kind of new people coming into the organization trying to understand mm-hmm. it. This mm-hmm. is not going to be succinct. Sorry, I should have planned this out beforehand. But, <laughs> but I guess I always talk about knowledge management being about 
sharing kind of storing and sharing the knowledge that's in people's heads it's also in documents so it's kind of I always explain that it kind of runs from that scientific edge of kind of documents and data and systems and all that kind of stuff through to what we've sort of alluded to the people side which can be involved in things like even just uh, conversation cafes or you know um, after action reviews peer reviews those kind of techniques so it, it does sort of run the gamut and I do always say to new people coming to your, into our organisation who need to understand it that I do think you know it, and I said this at the conference, it really is focused on those companies that have, you know, a high level of knowledge in mm-hmm. their business. So like whether that's intellectual capital, like in a law firm or scientific data and research in a pharmaceutical or oil and gas company. And it is focused on large companies. That's kind of how I see it. Um, but I've always thought of KM as having two camps, you know, the kind of the sort of people side, which kind of moves into organizational learning, HR, um, and the other camp, which is the kind of scientific, hardcore document data process. You know, that's how I've always seen it. (laughs) Well, and I think that's probably a good way to look at it. And I appreciate appreciate your time and your your energy to uh, be here today. And that's fine. Thank you for having me. Recorded live at the Cohen Multimedia Studio at Chautauqua Institution. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax-exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer-ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.